Hi everyone, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. If you're watching it on the internet or listening to a podcast version of the show, make sure to subscribe so that you get notified when a new show is released. And if you'd like to find links to videos or mp3 files, just go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com and you can also submit any eerie experiences you've had at the Submit Your Story tab. Also, hook up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram where you can find information not only about new shows, but also about monthly free merchandise giveaways. So, get comfortable, enjoy this new episode, and just imagine it's a dark and stormy night where not a creature is stirring, not even a mouse. And if a creature is stirring, you hope it's a mouse. Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicle Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing today? Well, even though you're not going to be seeing this show right, right away, uh, anyway, uh, belated happy holidays and a happy new year to everybody because right now uh, we just went through the new years and uh, I know there's some of you out there that for all the excitement and the build-up and everything, you're all, it's like, okay, I'm, thank God it's over. <laughs> Life can get back to normal, even though it's a lot of people take off time from work or whatever. It, you, you really don't rest. You end up, it's almost like you need a vacation to recover from the holidays. But it is what it is. And But anyway, here we are, New Year 2019. A lot of good things happening. And to kick off the new year... I have started out with a super interesting guest that I am so excited to have brought on the show. And this is a gentleman by the name of Mark Elliott Fultz. Now, he is a well-known psychic native to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, he's the author of Chattanooga Chills and also the owner of Chattanooga Chills Ghost Tours. Now, he's the author of several books, uh, one of them titled Chattanooga Chills Scream Louder, including... Uh, the latest release, which is called The Darkest Corner, Tales of Necrophilia and Necromancy, which we're absolutely going to be talking to Mark about. But in the meantime, I'm going to ask him what I ask all my guests, which is, first of all, welcome him to the show. And Mark, uh, how, I, I mean, before we get to that, to the, that book, because we already had a little talk before we started, Ariel, I don't want to cut to it too quick. Um, did you ever have an experience with the paranormal considering you were a psychic? Was this something that happened in childhood or was sure. it when you were an adult? Oh, yes. Well, my grandmother, my mother's mother was extremely psychic. So we kind of had that going in our family. It was kind of like a thing, you know, they would acknowledge it, but you also, you didn't, uh, promote it, you know, it, it was, you know, but I was not, I was very sensitive and very psychic. And then when I was a teenager, um, I experienced a, a ghost that I, they hadn't told me my grandmother's house was haunted. And uh, when I was 16, I got the crap scared out of me, uh, this, um, these two ghosts. Uh, because it was a little Southern Belle type ghost woman who would run through the house 
And then this man, this really scary man, would come through the back door and run through the house and after her. And um, my grandmother had been seeing it, and uh, I didn't know it, you know, but um, but she thought that somehow the woman had um, killed this man, you know, that he came after her and she killed him, and it, he was haunting the house. He was very... When I was little, I would see, I saw him a couple of times looking out the basement window. Okay. And um, just this really rotted, you know, leathery looking thing with black eyes. And um, and so that was my first exposure to real ghosts. And then when I was 30, because I'm almost, I'm 50, going on 57. Uh, when I was 30, I was attacked in a random act of violence, and I died twice out of that experience and did the near-death thing, which it was a great experience. I mean, the death experience was great. Okay. Um, but then when I came out of that, it kind of um, brought out all my talents because I had been able to hear and see, but I didn't know how to communicate back or how to use what I was processing, you know, or to process what I was seeing. So after that, uh, I started, um, I just started to develop my real skills, and then I worked at a metaphysical store where we started doing seances. Okay. And uh, because I just thought I could do that, and I started doing seances, and then I developed off of that. And, you know, and then, too, when I was 18, I joined uh, a Gardnerian coven and, um, and learned how to be basically a energy technician. So I'm not just a psychic. I'm also kind of a trained, trained in energy. Okay. So I, I kind of combined it all. So... If that helped. <laughs> right. So in other words, like you said, you, you, you had that ability, but yeah. you're not, you're not the first person I've heard of that has the ability. And one of two things, either they're so scared of it, they sh try to shut it down or they it's kind of, they don't know how to handle it. And sometimes they get overwhelmed because of what they see. Like they're at the mercy of their ability. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and it's almost like this is a curse, not a gift. Thanks. You know, I don't want it because they just don't know how to manage it. They, they don't know how to set up boundaries. And if they go to any place, whether it's an act of haunting or just residual, but it's got a lot of heavy emotional stuff going on, they just get bombarded. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, well, I've been through that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was younger, when I didn't know what to do with it, I shut down for a couple of okay. years. I said, I just can't do this. Because I didn't know, I was just being barraged. I didn't know how to deal with it. And, but like I said, becoming an energy technician, uh, I do meditations where, and I tell people, you know, you can always imagine that there's a big radio dial. You just turn that radio down when you don't want to hear things. Okay. And you do, and you too, because you, you, you set, reset your aura, you do a little circle around you and, and make your boundaries, understand your energy, because your energy, your aura is kind of like a CAT scan, right. and you can control that, and you can 
basically do a little little technique where you just turn it down, and then you don't get it. It's not so constant because if you don't control it, sometimes you know. I mean, if they know you can hear them, yeah, they're going to talk your hair. They're going to talk your ear off. You know, right. I mean, they're going to be look at me, look at me, talk to me, listen, yes. and okay. and that's fine. But you have to be able to deal with it. Sure. And and not to expand all of your energy. So and actually, I'm doing a book on that, how to do that, called the Psychic Worm Stitch. Um, okay. To teach people how to set their boundaries, control their energy, and then later on, if they want to, if they want to develop their skills, then they can do Akashic library work, which uh, is basically just going inside of your own system. Okay. And uh, because we have all of this information in our bodies, because how many people, you know, whether you believe in reincarnation or not, mm-hmm. we have DNA reincarnation. So right. you have all this stuff from thousands of people where you have their hair colored or eye color, but you also have a lot of their memories Genetic up memory. until the point they put, yes, and they put that up until the point they put their DNA into your pool. You've got their memories as well, so right. you know which can cause deja vu and things like that. And then there's other, I believe, in other kinds of reincarnation. But we have so much information we can dig into, but we have to know how to go inside to do that. And uh, but some people uh, get freaked out and and think it's a curse, but it's really not a curse. It's just you're sensitive, so you have to learn how to deal with that. It's just another aspect of life. We're just not trained to do it because we're raised in a society not to believe right. in our natural skills and talents. Uh, by, are, I know you're psychic. Are you a medium? Do you channel? Or... Oh, yes, I can channel to my, <laughs> to, <laughs> okay. to my toenails, yes, uh, because uh, that yeah. is something... I love something that uh, I developed into is I'm really kind of a freeform spiritualist. Okay. Um, and I really I do automatic writing. I okay. do channeling. I do all of it, uh, and I create my own devices to do communication with. So actually, I'm working on all that. Well, because so, a lot of people don't realize that you can be psychic and not necessarily a medium as far as channeling. You, oh, yeah. It's like, it's oh, two yeah. different things. It is two different creatures yes. because uh, channeling <laughs> yeah. is you're allowing your vessel mm-hmm. to open up and not, take in other information. But with that, again, you need to do techniques to where you basically make your body, you set up the boundaries so right. that whatever information you take in, that you can expel. Because it's yes. like, um, like getting a virus, uh, uh, like a uh, computer virus. Because all, everything is energy. So if you have your in, in pretty good order, Put a good boundary, and you can hold things at arm's length, talk to them, you can channel, but some people just open up and whatever comes in, comes in. Right, and I think that's where and, a lot of people sometimes get in trouble, because they don't you know, know what they're doing. 
Yeah. And they let and, stuff uh, in. <laughs> it, I've known, I'll say I've had to help several people who've kind of done that. Or, you know, the, and to the modern thing of, you know, going to the toy store, buying the Ouija board and opening up the Ouija board. Right. Well, the Ouija board is made, it works. It's a spiritualist device to connect, mm-hmm. to communicate with spirits. But people who don't respect it play with it. Don't and then don't you know they'll it's a hello and goodbye. Well, they'll do the hello, but they don't always do the do goodbye. The goodbye. Yeah. And uh, and then when you've done that, I had one girl come into my the store I was in, and she was really sweet and everything. But she came in one day really fried, and I said, and I could see this dead guy following her, and I said, where'd you get your boyfriend? And she said, we were using a Ouija board. And he came through, and we got scared and threw it in the closet. Now he won't leave me alone. <laughs> and uh, and so I had to take her by the hand, take the board, reconnect, disconnect, and right. get rid of the board. And but uh, there are quite a few famous cases of you know I mean like patients worth. Mm-hmm. Where right. a woman became possessed with a, with the spirit of patience work, and then she began writing incredible works of art. Right, that and she did not have the education or the knowledge no, or anything for. Nothing, and she started writing these books. Uh, there was one, I think it's called Toka, that was like uh, during the lifetime of Christ. And it was appropriate, you know, language appropriate, everything appropriate. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they found out that she was getting it through a spirit that it possessed her, basically, uh, it you know, then the literary world kind of scraped her off. Right. But she, um, but she was doing it through a spirit who she just happened to catch. So, uh, and all of it, you know. It's all about learning and and how to control what you're doing, and you can do that. You know, it's just uh, a lot of times what we do is we start stuff and then we just let whatever happen, and then if it ends up badly, uh, we're scarred by that, and you just have to learn from it. So, but there are. You know, a lot of like you said, a lot of them thinks it's a game. Oh, you know, okay, well, it didn't work or it worked. Okay, throw it away, throw it in the closet. Oops. And sometimes, yeah. and and I hate to say it, unfortunately, usually what's hanging out there, uh, that they they kind of like catch on. Oh, this is a novice. This person doesn't know. Perfect. This is exactly my entrance into that plane. Sure. Oh yeah, sometimes because sometimes they can get in and sometimes they can't. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, when anytime you work, you directly call spirits. It's kind of like uh, you're a you're a little light on a foggy street. Sure. And they see that little light because they see that opening in your electrical magnetic field. Mm-hmm. And you're opening a opening in your electromagnetic field, and so then you're allowing whatever to come through. And so you're doing it, but you can do it, but keep it at arm's length. And a lot of people don't know how to do that, so then they end up with some pretty messed up stuff. I mean, one of my favorite stories, a witch friend of mine told me 30, 40 years ago, uh, that uh, there was these two little girls, 
They wanted to connect with uh, Gene Harlow and Marilyn Monroe. All right. So they and they wanted those. They wanted to become like them. So the girl, the first one, connected with Gene Harlow and said, "I want to be like Gene Harlow." She wanted to pull that spirit in her and become beautiful and glamorous. Okay. And she pulled in the spirit, and then the little girl fell over, dying from renal failure. Oh, and there you go. by saying that. I want to be like Jean Harlow. Jean Harlow is dead. Yeah, exactly. So the witches were called in to come to the hospital. They circled the girl, got the spirit disconnected, and recovered. But, you know, so you have to really think about what you're saying, what you're asking, what your um, intent is. Because if you're playing, you can sort of play, but you can do it safely without you know, dropping dead, you know, from renal <laughs> failure. But uh, you, and, and you know what, though? Also, a lot of, and this goes to for a lot of the teenagers, they don't know the reality of that, let's say, that star's life, really what it was like. You know, maybe it might have no. appeared very glamorous, but sometimes they led very unhappy and tragic lives behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, both of those, both of those stars, Gene Harlow yeah. and Marilyn Monroe, tragedy yeah yeah they weren't i don't you know, I, I, when you look at their lives they really they were surrounded all their lives by tragedy and they i don't think they were really ever truly happy i mean you look at them and you would think wow they're 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 these uh starlets sex symbols uh you know everybody wants them but i don't think yeah. that personally they were really ever truly that happy no and basically, and that, and with the blonde goddesses, you know, you right. had like, in my period, when I was young, Jay Mansfield, who was I the end of that cycle, and I loved Jay Mansfield, but um, just, you know, terrible, tragic, you know, ending to, you know, something they thought was going to be fun and, and exciting, and it was fun and exciting, but then it also turned on people because nobody respected them. So do you but, think, you, do you do you think that there's well, any truth that Jane Mansfield, from what I understand, and again, uh, that she, uh, Anton Levey had cursed one of the, the I think it was the man she was involved with or the driver, and that it was yeah. you know talk about being at the wrong place at the wrong time or close to the wrong person. Yes. Uh, well, when she was with Sam Brody, mm -hmm. and Sam Brody broke in and was terrorizing Anton Levey because he was jealous. Right. of her friendship with Jane. Before they had the final wreck, if you ever look at the pictures, Sam Brody's body is, he has a cast on because of, they have like four car wrecks before this last one. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. And Sam, uh, Anton LaVey told her, stay away from him. That I did He's hear. He's going to die. Told her that. Stay away from him. And she could not shake him. And I have to say... I mean, he didn't intend to get her, but right. he told her to get away from him, because, and she couldn't. And they had had like three or four wrecks. He was already in a cast on the previous wreck. And um, so, and from being, I've been at the other end of uh, having 
witches who do, you know, there are good witches and bad witches. Sure. And uh, and there are, you know, there are witches and there are Satanists. That's a whole mm-hmm. different thing. Uh, but I have seen some that did some pretty severe stuff, so I know it can happen. Um, so, but they had had several wrecks beforehand, so... I did not just, know that. I just hit. thought that that, yeah. that was that one bad car wreck, which was horrific, you know. No, 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 no. If you look, I mean, if you can handle the pictures, because... I, I remember seeing one of them, but I, 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 I mean, yeah, I can look at them, but I, I never looked at that, that he, what, he, who was the cast? He, he was in the cast? He had a cast? Uh, he was, uh, Sam Brody, her boyfriend, mm-hmm. was in a cast. And you can see, I mean, it, the picture I've seen is, of course, his head's half knocked off. Right. But he's laying there with cast. I think I, I, I remember the leg cast. I don't know if he had a arm cast. But, okay. uh, and then it was the, there was a 20-year-old driver. Uh, but, you know, uh, I kind of believe that that was, you know, she wasn't the intended victim. You know uh, what? I, because I, of her getting rid of it. I would that you know that thing with the uh, with the accidents that would have been that would have been my uh, <laughs> my that's the like this is where I'm getting off the ride. Thanks. Bye. Oh yeah, I'll be saying I'll be shaking that dude loose somewhere. I'll be yeah, saying, like you say, a... dude, you're gonna you're you yeah, know exactly. you asked for this. Yeah. Because I mean he because he was very um, he went kind of crazy. And he was trying to control her and anybody around him. Why, you know, Anton LaVey was this uh, movement. And, um, right. you know, um, and yeah, he no. loved Jane. He loved Jane. Actually, they made her a honorary. Um, and she liked anything that was shocking. She really went around them because it was shocking. But, right, right. Uh, I know back people, then that was very, uh, yeah, that was way oh, out there. But people don't give a lot of credence to, you know, things like that. But, you know, you have to respect. It's like with voodoo. I've, I've experienced and watched uh, voodoo work at work mm-hmm. and by very good practitioners. And so I know crap can happen, you know. Yeah. So, um, uh, but for him, yeah, I think. Like I said, he loved Jane. I would not, I don't think he would never have done something to hurt her. It wasn't about her. Uh, it was about him. Yeah. So, and I think, uh, but I think that is, you know, that, but she was, her life was so terrible at that point, you know, as, as she was doomed anyway, I think. I don't know why, and I hate to say it, but... I, Sometimes you see these people that they kind of like, like what we're talking about, like, hey, common sense dictates get out of there or do something. And they kind of like they're a moth attracted to the flame. Yeah. Where well, they, yeah, they're in, they're in the way of a train mm-hmm. and they cannot get out of the way of the train. Right. Um, and so with Jay Mansfield, I think we have seen her reincarnation come and go, which um, I believed it was Anna Nicole Smith. She was born the year, she was born in Dallas the year Jay Mansell died. Really? She had that blonde beauty, mm-hmm. gorgeousness, had that same kind of thing, and they would say she was like Marilyn, and I go, no, she's a Jay Mansfield. Mm-hmm. And 
Uh, and then when she died, say when Jane died, she was killed and left the children right. in the cold. And karma does weird things. So in this case, uh, if she was reincarnated, let's say she was in the cult Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of her dying first, the child died first. Right, yeah, because it and almost makes you think that for all her problems, what really drove her over the edge was when her son died. When her son died, she died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it was kind of a karma thing, and she didn't kick whatever the past life stuff was. Uh, so, and, uh, but, you know, and then, because karma, I mean, uh, reincarnation is... You, you get a chance to develop past your right. past failures. Because it's not really bad to have fail or have a problem. No. It's you learn from them. But, uh, but if you're reincarnated, which I'm a reincarnated person, mm-hmm. um, you just you, you take what, you, what happened to you before, try to move past it, acknowledge it, and then bring in whatever you're bringing into this life. And um, so, you know, but I kind of feel, I'm taking you in some weird directions here. Well, so you know what? Just say no. Well, you know what? It, it's, it's um, yeah. not talking about, you know, that, that, that let, well, I mean, obviously we could talk about so many things, but <laughs> um, let me ask you, let, let, let's go the direction that we were talking about this last book yeah. that you came out with. Sure. Corner, which I think is... Um, because, you know, part of, uh, you know, voodoo is necromancy, you know, using the oh, dead yeah. for divination purposes. Um, but what in your book, if uh, Mark, if you could describe what the premise of the book is. Well, the, the, the thing that really inspired the book was the story of Anatoly Moskvin. Uh, who in like night, uh, just a few years ago, I think about in 2012, at the moment my uh, my brain isn't remembered all the the uh, dates. But in 2011 or 2012, he was arrested. He had dug up the corpses of 26 little girls from the ages of 3 to 15, and he turned them into dolls. Oh my God! And he had them strewn all over his apartment. His parents who were usually out of town most of the year. When they came in, they just thought he was like making dolls. And he had them so disguised, you know, they looked like weird dolls. And uh, he was brilliant. I mean, he spoke 13 languages. He's a professional. He was like the, the expert on cemeteries and whatever in Russia. And how, uh, he's a young, he was a young, or he is a young guy? He's not very old. Uh, I think he was born in the 60s, uh, okay. if I remember correctly. He's not. He's younger than I am. Okay. Uh, but he wanted a little girl, and not for sexual purposes. He had been raped when he was little, and he just he just thought sex was disgusting. Uh, but he wanted. A little girl. He wanted to adopt one, and they wouldn't let him. So he just he went to the graves when he was uh, when he would be studying the graveyards, putting together the books that he was putting together. He would do a Celtic thing of laying on the grave, right, talking to the spirit and listening to the spirit. If the little girl's spirit 
told him, or in his mind, told him mm -hmm. that she wanted to go for a walk. He would come back, dig her out, hide her somewhere, let her kind of dry out, and then take her home and uh, mummify her and, and put stockings and things over them, paint faces on them, and turn them into dolls, and put uh, music boxes in their ribs so they could sing to him. He'd sit and watch cartoons with them. He knew all of their birth dates and death dates, so he would have their right, birthday right. parties. Right, yeah, right, because of the cemetery. And, um, and he told, uh, and at court, he said, he told the parents, said, you took and abandoned them in the dark. I took them home and warmed them up. Okay, wow. But you know wow. what? I'm surprised that no one caught on that there was just a little bit off well, but people, people, I know, from a lot of cases I've had to do with, they don't want to get involved. Yeah, you're right. And if right. parents saw this stuff going on. I was about to say, the just, parents, it's come on. Yeah, but, you know, either they didn't smell. I think what happened, there's two or three different stories about, you know, the cops came to him to ask him about information to help them with who was desecrating cemeteries. And then they sort of figured out he was it. And they came back and were looking at the dolls and he said, those are corpses, you know. Uh, there's another story that also his parents may have turned him in because they started to smell something or realize something was off. And when you go online and look at the pictures, it's like, how the hell could you think that was a doll? You know, uh, but one of his most famous dolls was Olga Chardamovi, who she had been murdered when she was 10. He looked her up, found her body, took her home, and she, you know, he had her, uh, they always show this picture of one of the dolls that's dressed in a red outfit with the face painted on the front of her stocking-covered face. And uh, she was really like the spokesperson for his crimes, you know, for, for stealing little girls. And uh, But he believed through science or black magic that he was going to bring them back to life. Okay. Oh. And it's a modern, modern story still going on because he's in a mental facility and they're holding every year they're keeping it, they're able to keep him, but that doesn't mean eventually they won't let release him. Oh, because I was going to say, he never killed any of these children. They were dead. No. So yes. it's like everybody thinks, I mean, what, what could he be charged with? Obviously, he's not, you know, sane per se. Sane enough to no. kind of like pass off, but but at the same time, it's not like he went and he killed them and then uh, wanted to mummify them. That's right. But well, that's it, like, uh, well, I lived in uh, Lafayette, Georgia. Mm -hmm. uh, I lived five minutes away from um, Tri-State Crematorium, where the guy, you know, they, instead of cremating them, he was keeping them and playing with them, and they, they found like 300 and something bodies that he had been laying around. He had them posed and stuff like this. And, what is... uh, but he did, when they realized he did not kill them, it changed, you know, he got 
in trouble. He stayed in jail for 16 years for, you know, fraud and for playing with corpses. Right. Mishandling of corpses. But it wasn't, but when they realized he didn't kill them, yeah. it changed the whole format, you know, how they dealt with it. Right, right, right. As disturbing and, as it is, it's... Yeah. And now, in one of my other books coming up, like I told you, you know, I'm going to be doing one on funeral homes and things like that that, that have dealt with necromancy and necrophilia. But uh, the murderers who did necrophilia, like I was telling you, uh, mm-hmm. like Bundy, right. uh, he would, some of these girls, when they would find the bodies, they'd find them in hairstyles they didn't wear, makeup they didn't wear, fingernail polish. He would go and kill these girls, go back, change their clothes, wash that, dye their hair, fix their hair, change their whatever to whatever he wanted, and then he would have sex with the corpses until they fell apart. That is so gross, my God. So, and it, it, it so I mean, I, and I, I'm telling you, I have lots and lots and lots of stories of that car, that stuff right now. Well, you know, just... This last year, I don't know if you've heard, I want to say either two or three um, funeral homes in Detroit. Oh, yeah. They found some uh, infant remains, yeah. several of them. Yeah. One like, of them was like 63 corpses. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, infant uh, right. bodies. And then they had a, a garage that was just stacked yes. full of corpses and yes. the freezers and the, but. And then there was, um, you know, it, it, it's something, and that's actually my funeral home book. That's why I'm covering that because okay. uh, there's so much of that. And then, too, you know, there's so much of people in the funeral homes. And there's so many cases of people having sex with corpses. Because um, I'm trying to figure out, like, why can't you just dispose of these? But, I, I, you know, when you think of it as, like, what, you too much work? You know, yeah. you you try to think of it as a logical, practical reasons why somebody wouldn't. But then when you put in the angle of like, were you using these remains for something? Was it yeah. for something? Oh, that's so God disturbing. And there are some of them doing that. Some of them are um, like, you know, Karen Greenlee, who's one of the only women necroma- uh, necrophiliacs that they have mm-hmm. on, on things. She would work for a funeral home, and the way they caught her is she they, she was taking the body of a very handsome thirty year old man to bury, and she uh, got to the funeral site, saw the parents, you know, was taking him to be buried. She decided she couldn't let that corpse go. She did a donut, took off, stole the body. Oh my god! And when they found her, she tried to convince this of it. It didn't work. And she had left a list of like, you know, this long list of like 20 guys that she had had sex with that were dead. And, um, but it's kind of common. Uh, It's it's kind of common that this is happening. And uh, in other countries, I mean, there's been cases of where, you know, it's kind of a rite of passage to have sex with the corpses. So you won't be. But that is God. First of all, I think. Health-wise, it's extremely. It's got to be extremely unhealthy. It's... Well, in Chattanooga, here's a good example. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a very beautiful cemetery called Forest Hill, 
And uh, in the 80s, there was a girl who was about 16 years old, buried. A couple of days later, they found her, you know, disinterred. And she had been molested. They didn't know who did it. Well, a few days later, this guy comes into the hospital with a terrible case of blood poisoning. Uh-huh. And what had happened is him and his friend had done it. They had gone and dug this girl up and uh, had sex with her and with no protection. And they got blood poisoning from the embalming fluid. Of course. And they both died horribly. Oh, they died? Oh, yeah, that was in the 80s. I mean, they, wow. it was a, a very kind of a secret case. But, uh, but they both died horribly because they, there was nothing they could do for them. But they got it from the embalming. And a lot of people don't think about, you know, a corpse is a, a petri dish yes. of bacteria and people, things like that. People so, don't, you know, don't realize that the human, even, even when there's no embalming, the moment yeah. that the body dies, basically putrefaction, st- I mean, everything, it commences yeah. immediately. Immediately. Uh, and so these people who do this stuff, you know, they either get so immune uh, to it or they, you know, they probably have to be like typhoid Mary, you yeah. know, uh, carrying stuff that we don't know what they're carrying. Exactly. Um, but, but it's a very, you know, the necrophilia is very, very common right now. And seems to be on the rise. There, I mean, if you look online, it's there's so many modern stories of it. I mean, there were antique ones, but there are a lot of just modern. I mean, people just doing this. And we were discussing that you know there's a generation of kids who don't know how to relate with other people. They've been their computers and their games, and so to them, a corpse. It means somebody who's not going to reject them. Uh, they can do whatever they want. It's like a blank canvas. And um, and there are movements, you know, there are, I mean, in other countries, I think it was Sweden, I think it was Sweden, I may be mistaken. But uh, there was a move, there's a group who are moving to try and legalize uh, necrophilia. And, uh, of course, it hasn't gone through, but it shows, you know, but to, you know, but to me, it's so disrespectful. I mean, but I think, unlike when you die, you know, the the family owns that body after you die, after they die. Right, exactly. And unless they're giving you permission to do that kind of stuff, it it should be illegal. Uh, And... just way, way, way out there. But, well, that uh, down here, down in the 1920s, and I don't know if you've heard of this story down in Key West. We had, uh, oh yeah, that that Marielena Oils, where she died of TB, and the, you know, a, an older gentleman. Yes, called uh, Chancellor. Yeah, he, he he kind of like uh, basically absconded with her body for several oh, years yeah. until. Uh, her sister, because let's face it, Key West is not that big per se. No. And it kind of reached her ears and she didn't want to believe it because he had been very nice and he had offered to even, uh, in, you know, 
give her this nice uh because all her family by the way all her family died of tb eventually yeah yeah but he offered kindly of course with uh he had plans in mind to to give her like this nice uh mausoleum kind of thing and they agreed and uh it took a few years before her sister co became convinced that it was true that he had taken her body out and he did one of those weird mummification uh <laughs> that that you look at it's, that and you're like oh my god oh, what it's in my book actually okay there you um, go okay that uh, was uh, elena Hoyas, because the sister heard about it and i i love the sister because the sister showed up at the door and goes where's my sister yeah <laughs> and he goes and he takes her in and shows yes. her that he, he had turned her into a plaster doll right you know wrapped her in wax and 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 cloth and then did a you know made a big plaster casting of her or thing of her and uh took her in there and said you can come visit us anytime you want right and it was like huh and and i was like <laughs> but um yeah that, and then that, they that took was the body and and put it on display and took all the kids from all the local schools through to see her and they thought it was like a love story I, and, I, I'm t but, I don't get it. I, I was like, but he. he let me I don't get it. But I did do a psychic thing where I input where I some of the cases I did try to connect with the spirits to see okay. what condition they're in and all that. And because she has so been dead so long, it was kind of like getting a phone message. You know, I I tried okay. to connect, and then I got kind of a phone message from her and she was like she felt when you know she felt a little sorry for him as a person uh but she never returned to his affection and at the end it was like her sister said he's a dirty old man click oh yeah exactly and that's the way it went but a lot of people have turned it into a love story let me tell you something people and, don't, I, uh, I mean come on it's <laughs> hello <yeah. laughs> But it, and it's amazing. I mean, the pictures of that. You know, it's like. And then they said, you know, that. I mean, it came out a lot, lot, a lot later. But that, you know, there was a little cardboard tube put in so he could have. Yes. The yeah. Right. Right. From what I understand, and, the doctors that perform kind of like the, I want to call it an autopsy, even though yeah. you know. They kind of withheld it because they didn't want to hurt the family. Like they didn't want to like let's let's not make these poor people suffer even more. And I think they waited till the family had all died away. Yeah. Because yeah. they were they was back, especially back then that was like very um, God let's just let's make and this worse. That was scandalous. Yeah. That was a scandal. But too, you know, I mean, like you said, all of our family died from TV, and I thought, well, how did he not get TV? And uh, and two people really nowadays don't understand TV was the AIDS yes, of its time yes. because there were all these hospitals and mm -hmm. that's why if you go to an old TV hospital they're haunted as crap oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. thousands and thousands of people I mean in my family I know one person who died of TV I knew two other people who had had TV in the 1920s right. it was basically uh, you know, a lot of people died from it, and it was it was a plague. Yeah. And but how did he not get it? I just I don't understand because you know he was he he had her there. 
And, uh, and but I, he, I don't I mean, know if the TB, if it's once the person's done. I don't, I don't, because see, this is the thing. She, you know, she was married. Yeah. And she lived with a bunch of people in the same household. She lived basically with her in-laws and all of them, including yeah. her family. I think that's what, unfortunately, why they, they got got them all got contagious because they all lived together tightly and yeah. a lot of them. and. Kill. Yeah, and even the sister who came and yes. discovered the body. I mean, all of her family died from TV. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I just don't understand how he lasted so long. But maybe, and but when he died, they said there was a because they had taken the body and hidden it. Uh, <laughs> but he had another yeah, doll he, made up. Right. He's like, you yeah. Know, I'm there. Yeah, that, you know, that 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 little explosion that he did on his way out. Well, that they think it was him. Yeah. That. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. I, you know, yeah. and I tell everybody, for those people, like what you said, that that I don't know how how can they romanticize it. I say, you give this guy if he would have been twenty years younger, he would have been one of those stalker guys. You know that. Of course. It's just that she died and he was older, but he would he would have been a nightmare. <laughs> He was, and that the story too is kind of metaphysical because he he before he had met her, he had a the the spirit of an ancestor who was telling him who his love was going to be. Oh my God! And then when he met her, he thought that was the, the person that the spirit had told him about. And then uh, it, he thought, you know, so and when he got her, he was having conversations with the courts. You know, he was. He believed he was dancing with her and having Oh, no, he was like, him. yeah, he was like, for him, it was like, this was... He was what? Yeah, it was like, uh, and it's, and I think a lot of people might, it's disturbing and funny if you look at it. These people really yeah. have lost such a reality. However, they know how to act kind of mm. normal. So yeah. within society where... All it is is that, oh, they're considered maybe eccentric. But I th yeah. sometimes think people <laughs> underestimate that. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, a lot of people get away with a lot of stuff. Look at Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. So many people heard, oh, I, you know, the smell went on for months. You know, the smell. And if you've ever smelled a corpse, mm -hmm. you cannot... You cannot mistake that for sewage. You cannot right. mistake that for garbage. Yes. And people ignored it. And people heard screams and things like that from his father. Nobody called. You know, he got away with, uh, it could have stopped and saved quite a few people. Oh, sure. And, but, you know, people don't want to get involved. And no. apparently someone knew about him and Elena. They eventually told his sister, her sister. Right. But uh, but who knows how long that went on? Well, I mean, so, <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, think about it. Also, because from what I understand, she had heard about it for several years. But I'm thinking to myself, you know what? This poor lady, her whole family is either dying or dead from TB, including herself. Yeah. And then on top of it, what do I do? How do I deal with? A guy who stolen my my poor sister's body, like, you know. Well, in the south, he would have been killed. Yeah. Well, they would have been. They would have strung him up. 
you know, or run yeah. them out or done something. I mean, that would have been, uh, there would have been a killing. Of course. Well, I, you know, way back then, you know, how they had the, 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 the fear was of grave robbers, either for jewelry or, the, yeah. you know, or for the bodies for medical. Here it's like yeah. fear of taking the body because people want to like live with it, marry it, or have sex with it. That's that's pretty. It's pretty out there, but but it it makes sense for people who don't want to deal with people. They just do this, Let and me... I mean there was a case in Florida this uh, just last year. I think this guy, his mother, he was schizophrenic and his girlfriend had been missing for a little while and she the mother came in and smelled something went in there and he had the body hiding in the closet and saying oh no that's a sex doll and uh, they don't know exactly I mean at that point when I read it they didn't know how she had if he killed her or she died or whatever but he he didn't see her as human he saw her as a doll Mm-hmm. And all the stuff that goes along with it, he just was oblivious to. And uh, the mind is a very bizarre thing. So I don't know. I don't know. It, it's it's. But um, when I started doing the darkest corner, you know, you 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 write a few stories, you run in, and and you feel like you have to to scald yourself, <laughs> you know. And I thought people were going to think, God, what a weirdo for writing these stories. But that, but I'm like, you got to see these stories. You know, there's yeah. something to it. Now, let and me ask that, you something, Mark. And, and, and I know sure. that you do tours and cemeteries. Do you think yeah. any of these people are being influenced by dark spirits or some type of attachment that they picked up at cemeteries? Uh, do I think people can be uh, influenced by those? Well, yeah. let, let's say maybe you've yeah. got somebody well, that's already or... not not wound too tight. Let's say somebody that's uh, sure, and then they let's say they start going to a cemetery, like this gentleman that you wrote about in your book that he was a cemetery yeah. expert. Yeah, and they get some type oh, of yeah. attachment that makes them start doing stuff like that. Of course, in some cases, I believe they can. In some cases, it's just their own warped psyche, but then in some other cases, it can be something darker, and it can be something uh, more warped. Um, and there are spirits who are very sexual, mm-hmm. so uh, succubuses and incubuses. And uh, when I moved here to Florida, I moved into a place that's on. It's called Old Spanish Trail. It's on a 1500, I mean, in the 1500s, it was the Spanish Trail. Mm-hmm. And we moved in here, and usually, I mean, I like house. I, 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 if it has a little ghost or something in it, that's fine. That's cool. I like character. Uh, we moved into this place and did not realize that the house behind us, uh, a few months before we moved in, there was a house behind us where a man had died and laid there for six weeks. And um, so by when we moved in, we didn't know the story. Right. But there was a ghost here that at night, you know, I'd wake up and there would be this person standing by the bed making this noise, you know, like humming. 
just doing it for the freak you like you said just because something in their head just the circuit you know haywired and i do think though that in that act they open themselves up they open something around themselves even if that's not their intention well it's very primitive and like i said there are people who do spirit who do sex with corpses and then call the spirit of azrael through the corpse and so there is an element, uh, and that's part of necromancy. Yes. So even if they don't understand the aspect of it, it is going into that field. Yes. So because um, just because it's a dead thing, it's not really a dead thing. Right. And when we're alive, we have our, our, stru- our electrical system, which is, you know, goes from starts at the top, the pituitary, the pituitary gland, the pineal gland, uh, the electrical system down your spine, which is, you know, chakras and everything else. Well, even when you're dead, you still have those chakras are still in place. And sometimes those are spots of energy spots that can be activated. And then people, you know, because uh, a lot of spirits that are discarnate, they may not go on. Sometimes they will go what they call to the dry place, which is usually like a grave. Mm-hmm. They can lay, they can hibernate in the body. Right, right. Uh, and feed off of the material that's disintegrating and they absorb the minerals and 
the mineral, the blood, the iron, the and all of that, and they can they can still be in that body sometimes. So yeah, they know. they and you know, and I said to people because a lot of people say, well, it's um, you know, why would cemeteries be haunted? And I said because if you've got somebody, let's say for example, doesn't understand that they're dead, uh, all they want to yeah. do is they'll follow their body around. But they just can't get back in, but they don't want to let it out of their sight. So they kind of like follow it all over the place. Yeah. And well, I mean, it's, if they have nowhere else to go. Right. It's like, okay. <laughs> and their self-awareness I mean, is that they still look like, you know, they, they missed the bus, the part about the, uh, you're not, you know, you're not, you don't need that body anymore. They're still trying to like, why? I want to get back in there. Yeah. Well, they want life. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if they can't get their life, sometimes they want other lives. Yeah. And uh, but and into um, you know because most people don't have that problem when you die. Yeah. And I've been I had two near death experiences, great experiences, uh, wonderful experiences. What happens is the light and all that stuff that you see. Uh, it's a natural process, and it downloads you into another dimensional layer, and but it's connected to your system. Okay. So when you see the lights and you're dying, you're seeing the nucleus of the neuron is lighting off, and it's, mm-hmm. you download energy-wise through that into the system. So if you do not go through the natural process, right which usually it sometimes can take immediately or some people it takes a few days. That's one reason why funeral homes, you know, keep you for like three days. Uh, in the old days, it was to make sure you were dead because right. a lot of people got buried alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also takes a few days for the spirit to disconnect. Right. And if they download through the energy level, then they just go into the natural process. If they don't, then that's what, you know, you get little ghosts and discarnates and and they can at any time reactivate the, because their system, a spirit is a electromagnetic plasma. So it's a copy of whatever you were when you were alive. Right. And they can activate, when you tell a spirit to see the light, you're telling it to light up its neurons and when it does that, then it can download through that energy spot. And uh, but if they don't, then they can wander around and they can find other things to eat off of and exist for a while. And then later on, they'll break down and be reabsorbed. Uh, but until then, you know, they can find places to go. And I know people go, "Well, cemeteries are haunted." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's the it's the it's the whole of death, you know. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, I mean, please. But to them, a lot of spirits that are in the cemetery, they don't see it as a cemetery. They're seeing it as something else. Right. They have their own reality. Yes, they do. So, and so when I go to cemeteries and haunted places, you know, you have to take into consideration, is this a... You know, like you would a psychiatrist, you would you have to look at it. If, is this person so in their head that they can't let go of life, or they don't want to leave, or they don't want, or can't, or the trauma made it where they didn't realize what happened. They just woke up dead. Right. And and it happens. Uh, and it happens. 
it happened to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, so it's, it's very common. And each one that you encounter, you have to be able to know how to deal with them and ask, you know, what's the problem or, but there have been some I've encountered, you know, that most of them are just people hanging around. And then there's been some that have ulterior motives. And, um, one guy that came to my house years ago, a girl brought him over because she was worried about him. And he came in my house, and I could see this thing following him, and it looked like a burnt stick of wood, but it was a person. And they had been burnt, and the eyes were well open, and the mouth was in this big grin. And I didn't realize that when people get burned, it contracts the muscles. Okay. So you'll get these grimaces sometimes, or the eyelids are missing, or... So that was this burnt-looking person with this big-ass grin, and I could tell it was evil, and I said, where did you get You that? must have been wigged is- out, Mark. You must have been... Huh? Well, you must have been wigged out when you saw that. You must have been... I, well, I was, I was freaked out at first, and I went, I could hear his name is Daniel. Where did you get this? And he said... I got it through a Ouija board. This one, he got through a Ouija board. And he didn't want to get rid of it. And I said, well, it's feeding off of you. It eventually will kill you. And he goes, well, that's okay. I like to scare people with it. And I threw him out of my house. I said, that thing ain't coming to my house. Uh, and I threw him and it out. What a dumbass. And, um, but, you know, but, you know, but that, you never know. I mean, you, you, you know, because most spirits don't mean ill will mm-hmm. but then there are some that do some were victimizers of the lights and they're yes. victimizers and and they you know and some people think well when people die it makes their spirit get angel wings it's like no uh they're basically the same person mm-hmm. sometimes and if they were bullies and victimizers sometimes they're they're the ones trying to you know, uh, the vehicle, and they'll find whatever they can to control. And if somebody has a damaged uh, aura, they can just access your energy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and uh, and if I'm taking you on too many weird tracks here. <laughs> no, not at all. Just tell me that. No, uh, absolutely We're talking not. everything from necrophilia to ghosts, you know. But you know what? It, well, because people, I've had some people that have told me, oh, no, cemeteries, it's not haunted. It's like, God, yes, they are. They're very well, haunted. Oh, they are. They it, are. Because, um, oh, my gosh. You know, I mean, think about how many thousands of dead people. And a lot of people, when they die, they just go through the process and the spirit's gone. The spirit goes, it, it, it goes into the electromagnetic bands and it's in another dimensional layer. Uh, but there are a lot of people who just refuse to go on or because of damage just out and they'll hang around. Yeah. They, they, you know, but some people say, well, if, you know, if you were going to haunt, why don't you go back home? And I said, because sometimes people are attached to their bodies or because for some reason they just, they're just kind of lost. They're kind of like, they're, they're in a fog and it's like, uh, people with dementia. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the same kind of thing. They kind of know where they're at. They kind of know something's familiar, but they don't know how to verbalize it. They don't know how to go on. And a lot of times with spirits, the people 
hang around calling to them trying to get them to come over because when I was dying, that happened, you know. I mean, you see all these people running towards you, calling your name. You feel yourself pulling out of your body, and you go to them. And if you go to them, then you're dead, you know. But uh, but your spirit, is they, they do that to get you through the process. And even ghosts, they, for a long time, these spirits will try to talk to them and get them sensible and say, come on, you know, come over here. And, uh, but a lot of times they can't because we're stubborn people and our nature is to do what, you know, free thinking. So sometimes free thinking means I'm not going to go over there or I'm afraid I'm going to go over there and maybe I'm going to get punished because everyone thinks the religion thing. Oh, of course. And it's, it's really not my experience isn't that it it really isn't like it's that kind of thing. It's, Mm -hmm. It's kind of, um, you download all your information. Your brain records about three million hours worth of, of stuff. So when you start to download, that's why your life flashes in front of you, because you're downloading and you're seeing all of it. But um, you don't really have the, you know, you're going to hell thing or you're going to this thing and say, you know, what did you learn? But a lot of people are afraid that they're going to die, go out over and go to some kind of hell. Right, yeah. Or be punished, or be held accountable. And then they hide from that. And uh, and I've known spirits, I have met spirits who had no... ...here. And terrorizing people, and when they scare someone, they get a meal. So... Because wow. uh, you put out thermal heat, and they absorb thermal heat. So, you know, they know if they make a noise, or and then when you do that, you're feeding them. Right, yeah, they're looking. And, and, and I've heard also that for those who have died, who really are not aware or don't want to accept their dead, and, you know, you, you, know, you hear about yeah. that, that they have their deceased loved ones come for them, and they're like... Yeah. I'm not going with you. You're dead. I'm, you know, like, why would I want to go with you? Because they still have not accepted really what happened to me. We're dead. Well, when I was dying, the way I kind of came to it was you're more alive when you're dying than you are when you're alive. Because when you start to pull out of your body, you feel great. But you're, 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 you're very aware. You're very alive. The, and the spirit energy is very alive so of course they're not dead so it but it boggles their mind basically that well i'm not dead so if i'm not dead why you know i mean i'm not dead and but the problem is is if they they feel like they have to make keep dead because um then you know people Love you on Wednesday. You die on Thursday. Come back and say hi on Friday, and they scream and call you a ghost. So, you know, so it causes confusion. All the people that love them are scared of them if they can see them. And so, you know, because of our American ways, you know, we don't we 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 think the spirit is a scary thing, and it really shouldn't be. But uh, but there are aspects of it that you know you do have to be careful. And uh, uh, in Japan, there's, you know, when they had the huge tsunami, 
several years ago. Mm-hmm. There were so many people killed so quickly that there are taxi cabs. Taxi cabs are having problems because these people get in the cars and go take me to this, you know, whatever address, and the guy will go, well, they 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 want to go places that don't exist anymore. And there was a great story of this girl got in a cab, gave the address, and the guy said, are you sure? It was destroyed. And she goes, am I dead? And she disappeared. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that I, puts chills on me right now. Puts yeah. chills on me right now. Yeah. But it's a phenomenon because they died so quickly. Yes. And they're trying to get somewhere. That's the famous um, like Resurrection, Resurrection Mary, Mary story. Right. The, yeah. The, 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 Take me home. Take me home. I'm going home. And yes. I think also, think about it. How about those people, Mark, that never believed there was an afterlife? They thought that yeah, when you take the dirt nap, that's it. It's done. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. It's... Because, I mean, they just go, I'm thinking. So, you know, I mean, you know, but they, it, you know, I mean, and that's a weird example. You know, I've, I've done a couple of uh, atheists, you know. And one of them I did have a spiritual experience with later, and they were like, you know, you're full of shit. Excuse my language. <laughs> and it's like, I'm talking to you, but you're dead, but you're full of shit, you know. You yeah, know? Exactly, and it, denial. it did no good, because they were going, I mean, I don't understand this, but I you're agree. delusional. And yeah. the spirit telling you, you're delusional. So, uh, you know, so it, it's very interesting, but, um, yeah, some of them, I think spirit. there's a lot that some of those spirits out there, those ghosts that it's yeah. like, well, uh, I, what do, what do you mean? It's um, my self-awareness is still here. Yeah. Even though my and body, too, you is know, dead. you, yeah, you know, it's, and I can see where it's very complicated because mm-hmm. the soul that you get, the little energy you get when it comes into your body, that's very ancient energy. But when you die, that energy goes back to a source. But the spirit that you created in your lifetime, the personality, is separate from the soul. Mm -hmm. So, because it's who you are. Right. And uh, so sometimes it's not the soul that's haunting it, sometimes it's the personality. Mm-hmm. separately from the soul and then sometimes it's the spirit the soul as well uh, but um, and you know but we're just I mean we have strong personalities so I mean that's um, that doesn't just die when you die yeah I know I mean human beings are very complicated and I think that that's why there's different types of hauntings uh, or reasons why people stay behind because just because of the nature of the beast you know we're we're complicated sometimes and uh like oh. you said some don't understand it some don't think it's fair uh mm-hmm. or they're they want uh revenge i mean just the same thing that plays out when you're alive that you're still hanging on to yeah. those things you're still holding on to life mm-hmm. and there's no more your life is over yeah and whatever you learn that's it for this this round yeah and but for them 
sometimes they got and then two people who are murdered. Yes. They they want understanding. They want restitution. They want justice. They want or they want to be found or they want you know, but right. there's I, a there's a need. I, I wanna say uh, that for all of those I wanna say the ones that are killed and either nobody knows that they were killed, much less who did it. So it's almost like yeah. You know, tell my family, or this is what happened to me. This is what they did to me. Plus, the person or you know that did it to me is walking away without any type of punishment. And yeah. for human beings, that's, and that that's a hard pill to swallow. That's very hard. And, um, I mean, I've done several people who were murdered. And, um, and one of the cases I know the spirit moved on very well. Then I've known another one that didn't do so well. <laughs> it's still an unsolved murder. Even though they know who it is, they're not really going to pursue it. Right. Uh, but the spirit showed up to me 17 years after he's dead, you know, telling me information. And I I didn't tell the cold case people what, how I got the information, but I took it and they understood it. Right. Because they would have rejected it. But, uh, but he showed up, you know, told me exactly what to look for and I took the information in and because I knew the people and uh, I knew him you know from 17 years before right but um, but they're still not going to solve the case because it's too involved and there's too many big people involved um, but um, it's a complicated thing it's not easy to die it's not easy to live and it's not easy to be a dead person um, because when you die and you're thinking, then you're still thinking there's a way to make this work. Right. And, and, and then really what you have to do is go, that, that happened. It, my life is over. That's done. Now I have to go on and do something else. Right. And, uh, that's just not the way we are. No, it's not. It depends. It, you know, it's, it, I, I think again, circumstances, personality, all those things play a factor. Your spiritual beliefs when you're alive, what are they? You yeah. know, that, that has a lot to do with it where, you know, if you're ready to let go and you, like you said, whatever comes afterwards is much better than anything I've got here. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, when you start to die, because when I was attacked and I was dying mm -hmm. from the process, um... The way you feel when you start to go is so incredible. Uh, and you you understand, there's stuff you, you don't remember, but you start to remember when that starts happening. And you feel, these people know you. You know this, you know this place, you know this feeling, mm -hmm. and you're going back to something that you're missing. And uh, and that's why when you die, if you go through that process, you go right into it because it's great. You feel wonderful because you don't have the body right. to deal with. The energy feels wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, and you feel like these people, you know these people. But when you come back, then you kind of lose a little bit of that because it's still it's part of something else. That uh, When I was four years old, I was trying to tell my mother where I came from before I was born. And uh, coming from, and we were little Baptists, you know, and she's going, shh, 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 don't say that. And I remember the exact, I knew exactly where I came from. I knew what happened before I was born. Oh. 
Right. And there was a, you know, and uh, I was going through that. And, um, but, uh, uh, you know, so there's something we come from that we go back into. And it's like, you know, you shoot out into this world, come into this, do this, and it's like, you know, after the game, you go back to the to the dugout, you know. And they say, okay, you got this, you did this, this is what happened, good for you, you know. Blah, blah, blah. We missed you, Here, you, know, that, you know, go on and do something else. And, right, uh, which, is, which is why everybody that, almost everybody I've heard that has had that near-death experience, it's like they w don't want to come back in a way. You don't. You do not. You do not want to come back. Actually, and it makes you where you're not afraid to go through the process again. And um, and the whole thing is, you know, it's whatever your life is that you had, all of that information adds to the universal brain. So it's like you're bringing memory cells to the brain. So you're bringing experience to universal consciousness. So it's important. Everyone's life is important. You're bringing something anyone else is bringing. So it's a very important thing. It's just that when you deal with personalities and individuals, then you get all this other stuff going where, you know, you know, they're going, but I wasn't finished. Right. The worst thing someone can say when they're dying is I'm not ready. I'm not finished. Yeah. Because. And, uh, yeah. and I've, had, I've known people who've done that, you know, go, I'm not, I'm not finished. And, uh, and that's the ones that, you know, will have the harder time going on. Right. They're still they trying to multitask instead of just, right. They, going and, with it. Yeah, of course. And, because, and and I think that that's also, those are the personalities that they are still attached to their homes. You know, the ones like, you know, you've heard of these haunted houses where it's the old owner where they don't realize you don't have a body, your ego, they, they don't shed the ego part of their personality as in it's yeah. my house or my things or whatever. They yeah. Want to yeah. stay and still control it or own it. Yeah. So, so it's, it can be very complicated. And, um, and, you know, but it's, you know, as a psychic, you know, you get to go and see a lot of this stuff, but it's, um, uh, but out of all the people, one time this really good socket came up to me and she had a message from one person. The only time I've had another socket come up to me and go, I have a message from this guy named Roy. Mm -hmm. Well, Roy was my, my closest relative, my, my cousin. Her father was so abusive, horrible, horrible monster. And, um, and out of all the people in the world, <laughs> To bring me a message, they brought me. They came up to me and said, "I have a message to you from Roy." And, you're and I like, said, "Will oh. you tell him to take it?" I said, "You tell him to take it and stick it where the sun don't shine." And I walked off. <laughs> and I said, "I'm not taking a message from that creep." And he's not getting two seconds of my time. And because he was hideous, horrible, horrible to his wife, horrible to his children. And I thought of all the people to come to me in the spirit world. And I said, you tell them that you can take a message, but I don't want it. And I walked up, and, I, and someone else thought it was terrible. Uh, but he doesn't, you know, I know what he's doing. You know, he was trying to manipulate something. Mm -hmm. And um, so, 
you know, not all spirits are, are oh. yeah, no. Yeah, the ones that, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 and, uh, you know, that everybody always wants to think that once you're instantly dead, you be, just that same example you just gave where this guy in life was really a terrible person with his loved ones and everybody thinks sometimes that when you passed all of a sudden you just become good and sweet yeah no time no oh no 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 i did a dance for a girl her boyfriend killed himself he would have killed her if he could have right. but mm -hmm. uh but she wanted to contact him and he had shot himself but he was waiting for her she just didn't come in in time for him to shoot her yeah, okay. And we were sitting there, and she wanted to talk to him. Well, I had all these candles lit, and she said uh, she wanted, you know, when I was talking to her, listening to him and talking to her, and uh, I said, he said, and the Spirit said, you know, this is what I wanted to do to you. And when I, he said that, the there was two candles, photos, and they exploded. Like they've been shot. Wow. And I said, don't waste any more time on this energy. Don't let this energy in your life. It, it's better gone, you know, because he wanted to kill her. And if he had found a way or could have found a way, he would have been still trying to make it happen. Right. In other words, what, originally, I guess what he was, what, what was he trying to do? Like a murder-suicide thing? And then he just... Yes. Okay. All right. And then he just, um, she didn't come in when she was supposed to. Just happened not to come in, and he eventually, he was drinking, and uh, so he eventually did it, but he was waiting, he wanted to kill her first. Yes. And uh, and she knew that, but she's like, oh, but I love him, I want to make sure he's okay. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. he was sitting there going, if this is what I would have done to you. Exactly. And I was like, a girl, you know, Forget you need him. to... You need to move. You need to get away from that. You need mm -hmm. to don't don't be moaning. Yes. I kill you because uh, what they can do sometimes that kind of stuff. Then they can manipulate, uh, bring situations to you to do it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Because they, you know, so it, it's uh, so it's uh, you know it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. But no, they do not turn into angels. Mm-mm. Um, and it, the death experience is usually a very positive thing once you get past the dying part, right. um, the physical part. But like I said, some of them, if they're just not ready to go, they're just not going to accept that experience. And uh, that's why when as a psychic, when you go, you need to know what you're going to put your hand in. Yes. And there's been a few circumstances where I've had to go, well, y'all don't need to be in this. We need to leave. And, you know, screwed everybody up because um, uh, there's some things that are just very unhealthy. Exactly. And, um, and, you know, and we look at it as entertainment. And some of it is entertaining. And then some of it is um, like a disease. You know, it can infect you and, sure. and ruin your life. Well, you know what? I'm, I, and, and I know that, um, I know there's a lot of psychics that, they don't they don't they don't want to go into this and and i tell everybody you know uh, you know unfortunately you know and i and i understand sometimes when people are grieving and they've lost somebody that they loved very much and they're trying yeah. to reach out to this person i'm thinking to myself 
You know what? I've never heard, and I'm talking here about people like TV personalities and stuff, where their messages are always light and lovely. I've never heard of one saying, no, you know what? This person is still not at rest. You know, you need to either say prayers or a math or whatever. Yeah. You know, they never, it's always, and I'm thinking to myself, come on, you know, sometimes, um, not every everybody that's gone on is made that transition. And as a matter of fact, if they're discarnate, they are more desperate to make contact or to say whatever it is, good, bad, or disturbing, than yeah. the one that has actually gone on. But you never hear of that. Everybody, you know, all the, the ones that you see on TV, they're like, oh, it, the person's good, and they want you to let you know that they're okay. And I'm thinking to myself, come on. There's got to be people out there that, like one, either they were not really good people, you know, and they still they're trying to, to for lack of a better word, screw with the whoever was left behind. Others yeah. that um, they're just unhappy, uh, they don't understand. I mean, a number of things. And when that medium makes a connection, it's like part of me wants to say you shouldn't deceive those loved ones into telling them that that other person is okay. You need to tell them the truth, you know, yeah. which is whatever it might be. You know. Well, that is one of my things. I feel like I'm a judge uncle. If <laughs> I would tell it like it, right, I'd see it. Right, like, like what you if just there, said about that girl that the, 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 the boyfriend uh, oh, yeah. would have taken, that you kind of told her, hey, you need to stop this right now because this guy, he hasn't got a pair of wings on. And if he had a chance no. No. to take and, you, I he mean, would. Yeah. If he could have killed her, he would kill her. Yes. And But because she loves him, you know, like a lot of people do. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I just love him. I don't care that he beat me. Right. I love him. Yeah. Well, they're still doing that. <laughs> and yeah, it's exactly. like, are you nuts? Yeah, yeah get up and get out of here and get away from that. You know? Yes. Uh, and there are some... Uh, I will say about 70% of spirit contact when people want to contact spirits. Mm -hmm. It is okay. It's, it's, you know, it's usually finishing up business stuff, and it's usually okay. And then there's the percentage that it's not okay. And if it's not, you tell them. You say, well, they're not ready yet, or they're arrested, or they're, this person doesn't want to talk to you, or... Yeah. It would not be healthy to talk to them right now. Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes you have to give them time to acclimate. And by calling them back, sometimes you get yes. their attention away from where they need to go. Yes. And yes. Uh, so it's, it's you know, but it, but I have told people, it's like, girl, just you, you, girl, get in your car, go, get, get yeah. out of here, go, 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 get away from this. Don't even say that name again Drop out loud. It. Yeah, and it's like, you know, you don't need to, and I tell people, don't say that name for a while because then you're calling them right to you, and because it's an energy vibration, Sure. and it, when you speak their frequency, you're hooking right into them, yes. and so, uh, I mean, I, you know, uh, and some, there are some of them you can't do anything about, and you just have to say, leave it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not healthy. Leave it alone. Yeah, and move on. Yes, they they had their life. Right. 
and they had their chance and they had their shot. Mm-hmm. And um, and sometimes that shot's over. Exactly. And uh, but then there are sometimes when it does need to be. There are things that need to be said, and people need sure. help and communication. And those are usually very sweet, very kind, very little things. But if I don't, but if it's something gross or mean or just uh, difficult, then you know um, I will. I will do what I can do, but I will let them know this is, you know, it's not the healthiest thing for you right now or for them. Sure. Exactly. And, um, uh, and, uh, and then there's always, you know, people when they lose someone due to tragedy or an accident, they aren't ready to let that spirit go. Well, then the spirit's not going to go sometimes because you're keeping them there. They're there because... I'm worried about you. Yeah, I want to consume. You know, and that can keep a person beyond their time Mm -hmm. trying because they you can't let them go. Exactly. And sometimes by communicating to a psychic, sometimes it will release the person that go, okay, as long as it's all right, I'm all right. You know, as long as they're they're not suffering, Uh, and that is possible. But uh, but sometimes you know, very rarely it turns into a hot mess. (laughs) <laughs> and um, and and then two, you can contact a spirit who says, "I don't believe in this. Yeah, leave me alone." Yeah. And so you know, and you have to go. Well, this person doesn't believe in psychics. They don't want to talk to me. So <laughs> I've had that happen. I've had to say they're going. I don't know what this is, but leave me alone. Yeah. I don't believe in that. And they'll go. Yeah, that was them. There you go. And then- I'm like, well. And you know what? Yeah. And, and I imagine, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? What if you're one of these dead people who's really content where you're at and you just like, I don't want any more to do with the living or with my family. Hey, oh, handle it. Yeah. I'm gone. <laughs> oh, um, and there are people like that. There are people like that. And uh, because their relationships were so contentious. Yeah, yeah. That they're like, why would I want there? There is um, one at the Reed House down Chattanooga, a beautiful lady who haunts room three eleven. Well, I went to the seance. It was when I was younger and dumber, uh, and uh, I wanted to communicate with her, but she didn't want to. She was really a tough customer, so I put a table in the hallway and I communicated with her. And she shut up. And she says, "Move that damn table out of my way." <laughs> And uh, I made her talk to me, and uh, she said, uh, you know, she was haunting that room because that's where she lived. She uh-huh. she it was like you could rent those by the month or year, and she had died there, you know, in the forties. And she said, and I asked her about, you know, anyone else she could see. She says, I didn't like them when I was alive. Why do I want to be around them when I'm dead? Exactly, exactly. And she had her own thing going. She's like. When I come here, this is my private space. I don't want you or anyone else here. And why the hell would I want those people that I knew here in my hair? Yeah. Uh-huh. And she was, and that was the first time I'd ever heard that. And it was the first time I'd ever been cussed out by a spirit. Because <laughs> I won't say, you know, what she said, but she was, you know, she cussed me out. Well, and, uh, 
You know what? Because, because some I, people think, oh, some of these ghosts are just dying to communicate, like if a medium or no, psychic. And you'd be surprised. No. Some, some it's like, like you said, like, ah, just go away, go away. <laughs> Leave me alone. Oh, no. I mean, I think I, no, no. There are some that are like, you know, get the hell out of here. <laughs> you know, get over yourself, Mary. And um, you're like, okie dokie, you know. Sure. Uh, you know. Uh, people don't but, realize you know, that, have, that, that those personalities, if you were... You know, some people is like, leave me, let me do my thing and just go away. No, I don't want to talk to you. I don't care if you can communicate with me. I don't have anything to say. Be on your way. Oh, yeah. It's like, don't bother me. Get away from me, you part. And, you know, it's like, what are you doing? You know, yes. and, uh, and you have to, you know, get up and go and leave them alone, you know. Well, I do. I'm, I'm like, well, but, uh, but I have met a few that were tough customers. And uh, she was a tough customer, and um, very pretty, very pretty. But boy, she had a potty mouth, oh. and um, she just was. She just didn't want to be bothered. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she's still there, you know. I mean, they had to turn the room into a storage room oh. to because people were because they would come in, and when she would show up, she want she would show up and scare people to get them out of her room. Yeah, she's like, all right, I, I know how to do this. Hold on. <laughs> she, she, yeah, she comes in the doorway and would stand there and look at him. What? And there was one story of a guy who worked there who said he was sitting there, nobody was in the room, he was watching football. And he said, well, he looked up and this woman was standing inside the door. And he thought she wanted to know about the football game and he started talking to her. Then he realized she looked real old fashioned. Then he realized she wasn't real, and he had to go around her to get out the door. That's and when I was there, he would not come in that room. He was he was too terrified to come in that room. Uh-huh. And but she just showed up, and she looked that solid to where you know, you oh, know. Yeah, so when she wants her room, it's hers. She's like, it's mine. Get out. <laughs> and uh, she didn't hurt anybody. But, you know, she's just a tough, a tough customer. And all she had to do is show up. And so now they turned it into a storage room so that nobody gets that experience. Happy you know. compromise and you got your room. Yeah. I mean, now people pay to go to oh, yeah, see the room. Say, I was about room. to say, I'm sure they probably have requests like, oh, we want the haunted room. Oh, yeah. You have to, you have to ask for that room. Oh. But you can rent it. But... You know, but it's uh, mostly it's not rented to regular people because yeah. she scares the crap out of them. Yeah, they don't want anybody to come tearing out of there like. <laughs> no, no, they have. They have one guy show up uh, wearing his boxer shorts and his cowboy boots. <laughs> it came running down to the thing and said, get my car, get me out of here. And they had to send someone up to get his bag. Yeah, it's like, yeah, by the way, get somebody up there to pack my stuff because I'm not going back Yeah. Home. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. And not, and like I said, she wouldn't hurt anybody. She's just is a tough customer. She just scares them. Yeah. And, uh, but, um, but, you know, she was a character. So, and I learned a lot from that. I went, well, you know, they, ghosts are not just one certain way or they're not flat. They're very. No, I've heard that some of them, they're, they're, very involved. they're mistaken, um, Sometimes people mistake them as reenactors oh, yeah. or even tour guides or docents because they're that solid looking. They're that solid. When I worked at the um, 
metaphysical store, my the lady who owned it, her son had killed himself. And she backed her store. She got her store space with the cemetery behind it that he was buried in. And so to say that we had a little bit of activity was, you know, is, is kind of gone. But one day I was sitting there and this guy comes in, good looking, tall guy, tanned, dressed, uh, you know, dressed a certain way that I really didn't pay a lot of attention to at the moment. But he came in the door, opened the door, came in, and started looking around. I said, can I help you? And he said, no, I'm going to go look. And he, there was a counter with jewelry. You, people would go and bend down at the end of the register table, and they would bend down there and look at the jewelry. So he said, I, if, I said, if you need help, just let me know. And about 15 minutes later, he hadn't gotten back up. So I thought, well, I'll go check on him. So I got up, went over there, and he was gone. There was nobody in the store. The back door goes to the cemetery, but it was closed. And I searched everywhere. There was nobody. He could not have gotten up and got out the door without me seeing him. I mean, there was nobody else in the store. And uh, then I started thinking about, well, he was dressed the way I was dressed. We dressed in the 70s, you know, with dark siders and all this preppy look kind of crap. And he was just a spirit who came in and, but until I found that out later, I didn't know that he was a spirit. He was. He came in the door. He came in the door, and <laughs> um, and I was like, "Oh, holy moly!" But I didn't know. You know, and some people call those left keys. I think is how they they said they're kind of like um, they're very solid. They'll talk to you. And you'll see them mostly in cemeteries. You, you can have a conversation with them. And I had a conversation with him. I mean, he was he was just in there looking. It was like, uh, oh, where did he go? Yeah, where did he go? And then, when I, like I said, when I started thinking about it, I was going, he was dressed like we did 20, 30 years later, you know, before. And uh, when you get to be this age, you've seen a, a few decades. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, because I remember, you know, the 60s. So, you know, I mean, the mod look. And uh, but he was dressed like we were in the seventies, and uh, he was uh, like I said, he just looked like a regular I, guy came that... out from from the boat. <laughs> and you're like, unless this guy went through a secret trap door, I don't know about. <laughs> that was a yeah. Well, there, believe me, there wasn't. And when I look, I mean, because there was uh, a little storeroom. I thought, well, maybe he's in the storeroom. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. Everything was closed. But like I said, we were backed up to the cemetery where her son wow. was buried. So we sometimes she would get to weird stuff like that. But he was just like anybody you'd see on the street. Right. And that, and I went, wow. You know, yes. he didn't seem disturbed or anything. He just was curious. Exactly. And... Uh, but, uh, and they're very, you know, like I said, the one that was here that I had to chase off, it was very real. You know, you see them and they, they're just as solid as you are. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes, and that can be very disorienting for living people. And, uh, but it's, uh, but it's fun. You know, I mean, it's very interesting to, to investigate and look at and do, but it's also, you know, but you also, you're dealing with people with problems sometimes, mm-hmm. these spirits. They're yeah. people with issues. Yeah. 
Yes. And I try to treat them with respect, but I also know that, you know, it can it can be very tricky and very dicey and sure. and um, you just try to you try to be the professional. <laughs> right. Well, so, I, I think that, you know, the same caution that you have when you're alive with strangers who you really don't know much about them. You have to yeah. kind of treat the, the dead as in the spirits of ghosts, maybe people that are not discarnate or somebody that's not gone off peacefully. You've got to be, have that certain amount of caution yeah. the same way. Oh, yeah, you do. And uh, and then most of them are harmless, you know. Mm -hmm. Most The majority are harmless. And uh, it's, you know, when you get into a place where you can, you, um, where they are, when you have something that's malignant, mm -hmm. uh, that's where you have to deal with it totally differently. Because, um, like I said, if your aura is not in good order, because sure. that's your CAT scan, mm -hmm. but it also is your energy field. And if you have a weakness in your energy field, and you have something that uh, is, is hungry and needs to be fed, Right. And it can access your energy and can just eat there's a meal. That's like going to the Sonic hamburger place. Uh, and they can infect your system. Sometimes they will. Sure. So, and that's people who go and do investigations and stuff like that. A lot of them go in without any preparation yeah. and then get sick mm -hmm. from being around these things. And I always tell people, always before you go, always reset your aura, always... Okay, it's so good. Do a little salt bath or anything exactly. to make it to strengthen up your energy before you're going to fool with something that is nothing but energy. And because if they are attracted to your energy sphere, right? Um, you know, if you're put, if you're putting out a meal, you're feeding it. So oh yeah, uh, exactly. And a lot. And a lot of people who um, go to cemeteries sometimes will come home with a little something that will stay around a few days, and uh, because they 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 had no protection, it just hooked onto them and magnet mag and uh, and then there are some that go a little further, you know. So yeah. it depends. It depends. It's almost like sometimes also a question of like attract like. Yeah. Uh, people don't realize yeah. how potent that is as far as attracting Ooh. a certain type of entity that aligns with you. Yeah. Well, we call it throbbing. The old spirits used to call it throbbing. Okay. Uh, if they can, if their frequency is at the same frequency you're, you're putting out, mm -hmm. they throb to your vibration. So they can, if they are at the same frequency and can match your frequency, then they can access your frequency. Right. And so they call it throbbing. And if they throb at the same thing, they can just go right on in. And uh, doesn't mean they can stay there forever, but uh, but if they want to or they can get around you and they can access your energy, then they will. But it it. If they can match your frequency, they can access. It's like uh, someone online accessing your codes. Right. 
and then they can download your your information from online. Same thing. Same thing. Wow. See, a lot of people are never aware of those things. New. And when I was younger, before we had the computers and internet, I mean, there was a de there was a time before computers. Yeah, I wouldn't believe it. And before the internet, and before all this. But when I started using the internet, I go, well, really, the universe. This is based like what the universe is. You have all of this information, little icons of information. If you click on it, you go open up information and. And you have viruses, and you have, you know, it's all energy stuff mm -hmm. and frequencies, and, and you know, it, it's, but it, uh, it taught me to really watch my, my aura and my frequencies, and, and before I go into something, doing yes. preparation, because a lot of people don't prepare when they go ghost hunting, and they go in these places and, you know, expose themselves to other energy sources that are, you know, assessing their system. Or, or yeah, and or physically, so, if, if people don't realize if, if you're sick or you're exhausted, sometimes you gotta really even be careful on going on investigations because if physically yeah. you're not, you're, you're tired, you're, your defenses are down. Your defenses are down mm -hmm. and drinking oh. and drugging. Oh yeah. Big time. That's so a problem that I had with two groups I went with, they would start, we would be haunt, ghost hunting, mm -hmm. and they would start set, making sexual jokes and stuff like that. I said, don't do that. You're, you're going to attract mm -hmm. something. If you're, you're sitting here, you're putting out a, a, a sexual frequency. You're going to get something sexual back. Yes. And, you know, and they just would go, ho, 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 ho. And I thought, well, ha, 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 you, yeah. uh, you know, uh -huh. you don't do it. You don't, when you go in, you go in as the viewer. You don't go in giving access to anything, I mean, that you don't want. <laughs> you know, because um, if you, attract, if there's something out there looking for specific things, then you're putting out that frequency and that vibration then they go, oh, right there. Yes. And uh, then they wonder why they have problems. Oh, yeah. So, uh -huh. uh, Absolutely. But it, it's, it's, it's all about techniques, and uh, a lot of people don't think about that. Absolutely not. Well, anyway, Mark, thank you so much for spending this time with me. It has been absolutely wonderful. Oh. And uh, for my podcast listeners, what is your website? Even though I am going to include it in the credits of the show, what well, is Well, right now my, now my ghost tour website I had is down right now until I'm, I'm going to do a pay-per-view ghost tour online. Oh, really? Okay. So, yes. So the website is down. But if people want to contact me, they can look me up on Facebook. Just look up Chattanooga Chills mm -hmm. or Mark Fultz, either way. Okay. And uh, you can contact me, look at that stuff. Uh, and my books are on Amazon. Just put in Mark Fultz, F U L T S. And uh, and if you have booked uh, that, just contact me on Facebook because okay. uh, I do. People call me and have problems and stuff. Uh, since I, I moved to Florida, okay. I don't get to travel around a whole lot. But you know, but I don't necessarily have to be there to assess the okay. situation. I think that's so, fascinating what you're talking about doing uh, uh, a virtual 
ghost tour. That's, that's great. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to do, well, it won't be because I'm so computer illiterate. Uh, but it will be like a, it's kind of a slideshow, but it will be me talking over and doing the, I, I, the tour was really good. Okay. Uh, but, of course, I had to move here. So, uh, but I'm going to also be doing a tour since I live in Milton, Florida. I'm going to do one for Milton, and I'm going okay. to do one for Pensacola. Okay. And I'm just going to put them on as pay-per-views. And then anyone from Japan can go on that tour, you know, look at the tour and see it. That is and, uh, and then uh, you don't have to have a, a walking tour mm-hmm. because that actually is a lot to, to do. But if people want to go on that, then, you know, eventually I can do one. Uh, yes. But... Um, uh, but that I'm aiming at doing all that. I'm getting that all together. So. <laughs> oh well, good luck on that. So, good luck on that. Well, thank you. Well, thank you so much, Marley, for having me on here. You no, know, absolutely, it has been my pleasure, and I want to wish you again the best of luck on your new books and your new project. Okay. Oh, and well, and good luck to you. And I hope I hope this conversation wasn't too out there for no, people. No, because... <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Far from it. It was so enjoyable. And again, thank you so much. Take care. Oh, you too, and anytime. Bye-bye. So you have a good night. Likewise. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, guys, isn't it great? Wow. I didn't know he had moved down to Florida. I didn't know that. Wow. So... Well, as you can tell, I mean, he's an author, which, let me tell you something, that, that angle um, and, and about necromancy and necrophilia, and the worst part is, this is not made up. This is real. This is real. He's looking at cases, um, well, this one that he's got that book about, The Darkest Corner, this is recent. This is maybe, what, seven or eight years ago? And it's that's that's one of those horrifying things, you know, that sometimes you read a fiction book and it's horrifying and you're thinking at the end, oh, well, just like a horror movie. Oh, it's just a movie. It's just uh, made up. But no, it's not made up. It's absolutely true. And it's disturbing to think that there's people out there that do this. And I'm sure that for all the ones that are ever known about or caught or whatever discovered how many others are there out there that just they never get around and um and again you know, i, I want to say <clears throat> and i understand what he's saying that you're thinking okay along the way nobody caught on that there was i mean don't get me wrong i know that there's people that are peculiar and eccentric and there's nothing wrong with that but somewhere along the line somebody at least the people very close to this person have to realize there's something really really off disturbingly off about my son my brother my friend my cousin my uncle whatever but like you said that people step away from this because they don't want to be the one that points it out or does something and that's a problem because you know the only thing I can say, I mean, is that um, 
in this case, what he was describing was this person that didn't kill any of these children. But think about it. Can you imagine if you're a parent and you've buried your child's body, having to deal with a heartache beyond the death of your child, finding out that somebody's desecrated their grave and done, did that to them? And then telling the parent, oh, you left them in the dark and I brought, I mean, see that in a way, if you think about it, yeah, you could say the guy was really crazy, but at the same time, that, that's really torturing a parent or a loved one who uh, maybe has to relive that loss all over again. And there's a lot of people out there that some of them I want to say, and then there's the other, and as a matter of fact, I, I wrote a little bit about it in the book that I just released called Supernatural Safety, which has to do with necromancy and the use of dead and uh, for magical and ritual purposes. And like he said, uh, I said, you know, why do you think that sometimes people steal not only corpses or bones? And I mean, there's even some stuff with graveyard dirt. But nowadays, you can order bones legally, human bones, but that's not what they want. Whoever's a necromancer doesn't want the bone per se that's stripped of the animus or the spirit of whoever that belonged to. That's why they go into uh, graveyards and cemeteries and they disinter. Um, and as a matter of fact, I read um, like maybe a month ago that a this was this happened in India and a man, uh, I, I, I guess they do a lot of traveling on trains there. And he was traveling on a line that would take him to the border, I want to say of Tibet and China. And he was caught with, I don't know how many human bones and how many human skulls. And apparently there's a big black market for this. And, f and everybody's thinking, what do you mean for like medical purposes? And no to use for black magic and necromancy. And he was busted, you know, doing this. Uh, uh, and, you know, obviously it, this is, you know, this is, uh, this happens when they go and they desecrate the graves. They desecrate the graves. And so, I mean, besides the necrophilia part, there is a lot of use of skeletons for use in dark rituals. Yes, a lot of it is there. And and obviously the other side of that is, you know, if there's no demand, you don't need to supply. There's the, the obviously money to be made because I, I don't know how much they were charging, but I'm sure it was quite, you know, some type of money because let's face it in most cultures this is forbidden or taboo you know that you take the remains of a deceased person either the government doesn't allow you there's a law against it or even the family mostly will be outraged uh because that again this is very different from somebody um giving their body up for science 
I myself, I've taken university courses where I've handled bodies um, of people that volunteered. In other words, they gave their bodies for science, for scientific purposes. And um, the bodies, basically you had like a brief history of this person, what their age was, uh, what they died of, you know, what they, what their life was like. And part of, I don't mean to wig anybody up, but you know, part of the body was partially uh, dissected. For example, let's say somebody that, that was a smoker. So you could look at the lungs to see what the effect of smoking was. Okay. They had several, but again, getting back to the original thing, this is different when you give your body over for science or for people that, let's say, do um, donate their organs. That's, that's totally different. This is, this is the person consciously making a choice to give their body either to benefit science or to help a living human being. There's desecration of a body or a grave. No. Um, and I mean, and that's just from the physical aspect, depending, I don't know, everybody has different spiritual beliefs, whatever. But it's if you look at it even from a spiritual angle, like you're taking the body or the bones of my family member, loved one, whatever, and you're going to try to bind their spirit for use in whatever you're working. Yeah, I mean that's a deep, deep rabbit hole, folks. <laughs> Let me see. I, I'm going to see if I can get somebody on here to talk about that because um, there, there's, uh, like I said, uh, you know, I'm sure we've all heard I mean even here in, in South Florida every once in a while they have found people they've stopped people at customs trying to bring in body you know skeletons and skulls and stuff like that, that that's happened here and again same thing in cemeteries you know that a lot of people think of uh, you know the, the what people vandalize cemeteries as well well because they're going in there maybe they're knocking over headstones or teenagers doing stupid stuff or spray painting but not, there's a whole other set of desecration that takes place because these are people going in there to dig up bodies or bones okay things like that and by the way um here in, in the United States, you know, there's not all the time because, you, you know, you're not forced to embalm uh, a body to bury it. But a lot of these countries, they don't go through what they go here of the embalming fluid or nothing. People die and ba basically they're washed maybe and dressed or put in a sheet and they're buried. So, I mean... And I mean, it's, it's, it's a very disturbing, but it's more common, unfortunately, than people think. But anyway, guys, I hope you like the show. I know I love speaking to Mark. 
I've got a, a, a huge list of super interesting guests coming on for 2019, all of which I know you guys are really, really, really going to enjoy. Um, please don't forget to send me your stories to MiamiGhostChronicles.com at Submit Your Story tabs. I'm on all the social medias. You know, there's a, also a podcast version of the show that you can find on all the major podcast platforms like iTunes, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I'm on all of those. And you can go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com. You can find either the actual MP3 file to download of the show, a link to the YouTube show, or a link to a specific podcast platform. If that's the one, let's say, that you usually use to listen to podcasts, I have direct links to that platform that will take you into all the show episodes there. So, you know, again, uh, I'm hoping to put together a show here for um, with my True Believer story. I'm still working out the uh, getting a live show for to bring in uh, call-in guests, live guests. Um, but like I said, that I need somebody more in the background to coordinate that with me. I'm still working it out. What can I say? The holidays got in the way, plus the writing of this last book of Supernatural Safety also got in the way, which, by the way, you can find links to purchasing it on um, MiamiGhostChronicles.com and on Amazon and probably... Maybe for Valentine's Day, I'm going to be giving, probably giving them away, a couple of them as a giveaway. Uh, and you can, usually I, I uh, post that on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, when I have one of those giveaways for one of those items and I'll autograph that for you. So again, guys, thank you so very, very much for being part of my audience. Thank you for sharing this time with me, and I hope you come back every week and catch the new show. And of course, I'm always ready to hear any suggestions that you have as far as subject matter or guests that you would like me to bring on. So till next time, take care. <laughs>